Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. Today's episode of the A-Game Podcast is brought to you in part by Naked Warrior Recovery CBD. Go on nicknicknick.com slash links, and under that, you will see affiliates, and you'll see to click to get discounted CBD. It will bring you to the site from Naked Warrior Recovery CBD, owned by William Brandon, a Navy SEAL, hailing out of Hawaii. Go on that site, look around. You can find all kinds of different things for this miracle drug that will help with inflammation, anxiety, stress sleep, all kinds of different things. Every day I read more and more benefits of CBD. It is not that gas station crap. It is quality stuff. It is all natural. It will make a difference. If you take it consistently for 30, 60 days straight every day, all those nagging aches and pains, especially if you're an athlete, if you lift weights, you have inflammation, joint pain, uh, jiu-jitsu guys, your neck, your knees, all the things that have been choked and bent over the years the wrong way, you're going to start to see that it feels a lot better after consistently taking this stuff. So Again, I'm a big believer and I take it all the time. I'm a big fan. If you use promo code AGAME at checkout, you will get 20% off of all orders at Naked Warrior Recovery. Support the company, support a Navy SEAL, and support your body. Do the right thing by you and by the company and get a quality product with no THC. It will not get you high. It will make you feel great. Also, jump on nicknicknick.com and get your free ebook. You can pay a little bit of money for it if you want on Amazon, but why do that when you can go on the site for free and get our book about how the coronavirus has changed the real estate market and what every investor needs to know. Also, when you're on that site, if you are interested in getting involved in real estate, we're almost at 2021. You were going to be making New Year's resolutions, wishing you did more things, wishing you made better decisions, got more assets, bought some properties, maybe bought your first property, bought your 100th property, jumped into multifamily, whatever it is, let's have a discussion about how you can get involved, whether you're new, intermediate, or advanced. If you're in residential, commercial, you want fix and flips, you want rentals, or you want to find out how you and I can partner together, or you buy properties from me, or I, I buy properties from you. So many different ways we can get this going. Let's just get a conversation started. Go on nick at nicknicknick.com. I'm sorry, email me nick at nicknicknick.com or go on nicknicknick.com and see plenty of ways to connect with me on social media and send me a direct message or shoot me an email. And if you have any interest in being a guest on this podcast or want to recommend them, podcast at nicknicknick.com. We'll get this going. My guest today is Matthew Tack. He is a fellow real estate investor. I've known him for a little while now. I've met him at a few different events. Super nice guy. Podcast was absolutely great. I had a blast talking to him today and I decided I just wanted to get it right out. So um, normally... There's a bit of a lag, but I expedited him, got him in there. I think you guys are going to really enjoy the conversation. I had a lot of fun talking to him. He's a podcast host as well. You'll be able to tell by how well he talks and articulates. Smart guy, fun guy, eat your vegetables. Love you, mom. Love you, dad. Have a great day, everybody. Enjoy the episode. 
All right. My guest today on the A-Game podcast is Matthew Tack from Reap the Harvest podcast, as well as Traction Real Estate Investments and a bunch of other companies we are going to jump into. He is a specialist in mindset, multifamily, residential transactions, and obviously surrounding himself with the right people. Uh, we've met at a couple of events now and stayed in touch over the last, I guess it's easily been over a year now. And uh, I'm excited to jump on and talk about all the things that we were just touching on and all the different divisions and branches and the way you're putting them all together. So I will initially uh, give you the chance to do a quick 30,000 foot overview of uh, a little bit about who you are and what you do. And then we can dig really deep into this, but thank you for coming on. I appreciate it. I'm looking forward to it. No, man. Thanks for having me on. I sincerely appreciate it. Um, always like uh, being with like-minded individuals. Um, but uh, yeah, so we, a couple of years ago, uh, it, it actually started out originally as a, um, you know, even how I got into real estate, I started in a, what they consider, I guess you could call it house hacking. It wasn't a live-in house hacking. It was actually, a, I, I had this concept and I was like, dude, I think I'm creating like an original concept. But it was um, what I found that in urban cores of cities, you can do this thing called uh, accessory structures, right? And uh, accessory structures basically just allow you to turn your garage into an apartment. So I'm like, dude, I'll buy a single family house with a badass garage turn the garage into an apartment and rent them both out. Right. And so I would buy in like really cool areas where I would rent them out short term, one side and then long term, the other side. So I would have consistent fixed rental income coming from one and short term on the backside. And then I'd usually partition them off. So they had different access points in Tampa and St. Pete, where I was investing, you could like have alleyways. A lot of them had alleyways. So there's different entrance points. So like, you know, the Airbnb guests didn't really affect any of the long-term residents and vice versa. So I was like, I think I can scale this company up, called it Bungalow BNB because I only bought bungalows because I wanted, uh, they tended to rent a little bit better in the urban core. So then, uh, you know, I was actually in Tampa. This is my, I guess my claim to fame. Everyone knows me as the Airbnb guy. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I grew, I grew this company. We had about 12 listings at some point, at one point. But the hoteling game is tough. It's uh, extremely difficult when you get the constant in and out. And it was, uh, you know, I managed them. So like we had cleaners coming in and out sometimes every other day. Um, so it was really, really hyper intensive to manage. And so I'm like, about two and a half years ago, I'm like, there's got to be another way to scale, right? There's got to be another way. Um, so I started researching and I researched a lot on multifamily. I, was, I feel like, the, you know, how can you scale at a, at a much larger pace? Because I was doing multifamily in a way, right? And so then um, I educated myself, uh, and that's what I do. That I love how you're you're like 10x me. You you keep getting into different various groups, and all I want to do is learn, and I want to learn from other people. John Maxwell always puts it like, if you're the uh, if you're the smartest guy in the room, beware, right? Um, I never want to be the smartest guy in the room. I always want to be learning from somebody else. Um, so. I, uh, it was about two and a half years into the game where I'm like, I think, I think there's probably, I see an oversaturation in the, uh, in the marketplace as far as short-term rentals. I was probably the first in my like general area of where I initially started investing for short-term rentals. It was, uh, I was probably one of 10 people at that point where I had listings and I was like Airbnb, VRBO, home away. We were pushing out. We were, we were maintaining like 90 plus percent occupancy over a hundred dollars a night for like little 600 square foot. You know, so we were getting like, you know, six to $7 a square foot 
um, month over month. And then I saw the, I saw the clientele go down pretty drastically over it's about a two, two and a half year period. And then I saw that the rates go down pretty dramatically where it was like 60 to 60. We're still maintaining a high level of occupancy, but rates were going down pretty. So I'm like, if my rev par numbers aren't, you know, aren't super high, what, you know, we're hitting an oversaturation point. Where do I look next? So we, I look into multifamily. I started educating myself on multifamily and, um, dude, the best thing I ever could have done for myself. We were in five syndications now. Um, I'm not, I wouldn't call myself big by any means. Um, I'm participating in about 400 doors. We're actually, um, we're dispositioning a set. It'll be my first set that we've actually repositioned hundred percent stabilized. And we're actually selling off. Um, we're, we're allocating a lot of money in the Southeast. Now we do invest in, um, in Michigan. And so the Southern part of Michigan, both West and East coast of Michigan, um, and then so, so basically Southeastern part of the United States. So we're in South Carolina, Atlanta, um, looking to get into uh, Florida. Hi, Florida is a highly competitive market because there's a migration coming down here. Um, but we really like South Carolina and, uh, and specifically Georgia. Um, Alabama is a good target area for us right now. Um, and then further south, obviously, would be Florida. Um, we are invested, though, uh, directly in South Carolina market and the Greenville market and in uh, and Augusta, Georgia, and then also in um, the southeastern part of Michigan, as well as West Michigan. So anyways, in scaled uh, really, really quickly. Um, I was able to educate myself, become, lock become locked in with some really, really great partners, um, doing some repositioning. Um, we're looking at all value add right now, um, but we also are looking in to potentially new development. Um, if we can get our hand on, you know, some land opportunities, um, that makes sense. But, uh, we then, uh, uh, just quickly over the past, you know, two years have, have scaled on in that capacity. And then what we transitioned with bungalow BNB, we split it off. So now I have basically a, uh, two legs there in the residential, I have traction real estate investments, which essentially is where we wholesale opportunities. So how opportunities that don't meet our criteria, we wholesale those. And then bungalow BNB is the flip side now. So we just converted that LLC into a flip company and we just take down light flips for transactional purposes. Um, and what we do is pretty much we're in and out of those on usually anywhere from 10 to 14 days. We are taking down a little bit, you know, healthier ones um, that we have to do a little bit more robust value add. Those ones will be like, uh, you know, we're in it for 30 days, um, under 30 grand flip, and then uh, we're putting it right back on the market. Um, so we work with uh, closely with a realtor. She's my wife. Uh, <laughs> so I had her, uh, but that's kind of, you know, that I've always identified right over the course of really four to five years. How do I, how do I, uh, this is a Jake and Gino. I'm a big Jake and Gino guy. Um, and how do I really uh, create uh, accessory lanes of, uh, of, of income. And so, you know, the, over the past four or five years, um, we've definitely accrued, but really in the past year, uh, you know, I'm, I'm at seven streams of income counting assets as well. Um, so we're, we're constantly trying to produce straight different, different angles of streams of income, whether they be transactional or residual. Um, so I'm a big believer in just like obviously creating wealth through multiple streams of income. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's pretty in a nutshell, kind of 30,000 yeah. foot view, the different angles we're taking right now, as far as how we're, how we're performing, but I, you know, I'm trying to get a lot of them to co-align, 
Um, the one thing that we did within the past, uh, you know, five, five months is we took an e-com route. Um, so we're in the e-com lane now. Um, and, uh, and we're, you know, we're working at that angle. Um, that doesn't, you know, really synergize necessarily completely with uh, real estate. Um, but um, at the end of the day, we're trying it out. So that's a new angle to me. I can't speak much about that. Um, but real estate, man, I, I love it. We're growing in it. Um, and uh, it's, it's been a lot of fun. That's awesome, man. I, I, there's so many different directions. I love, I love when we do that because I always have an agenda for these are the things I want to talk about. And yeah. then while that's happening, I'm like, I got to know this. I got to know this. So yeah. a, a lot of different things I want to I wanna definitely discuss. First off, congrats, man. It sounds like you're, you're doing absolutely awesome, which I love. Uh, love one, one thing I want to point out is you talked about how you were getting into the VRBO and you were looking at what you were making per night. And then as you studied that, you started to see that the occupancy was still there, but that the tenant quality and the, the net profit started going down. So you adjust it. Mm -hmm. I think that yep. that's such a key element of business that people don't do, especially, you know, we're, we're talking about a corrections imminent pretty much is what everybody's saying now. And Florida was one of the places that got hit. And I'm, I'm in a lot of similar groups, similar guys that you know that we've met. And they're constantly studying those metrics every single day. So when it does happen, they're able to capitalize on that opportunity and not take a beating and get caught with their pants down. And exactly what you just said about studying it and seeing, okay, there's a problem here. Something's different. What do I do? I don't give up and bitch and complain and cry and go, I want my money back to whoever taught me that. You go, okay, I have to shift. I have to adjust. And that's why I have that's these right. different legs. So from a business standpoint, I feel like that's really what it's all about. And I noticed that one of your company was Traction Real Estate Investments. Did you did you learn that system through Traction? Because so many people that I talk to on the, on here are like <laughs> religious about Traction and studying KPIs. And if you're not doing that, nobody yeah. would have known that their, their Airbnb business is now making less and they would have just stayed in that lane. Yeah, no, I'm a big believer in the book Traction. He's actually from my hometown, Gino Wickman. Um, yeah, dude, I... One of the crazy things about that, you know, just uh, I know we're pivoting a even a little bit more because I'm like a massive mindset guy, but uh, in traction, the one thing I did was core values is so important. Actually, we rolled on a resource yesterday um, and uh, this morning we went through our core values, you know, our mission and our vision statement and our, and our core values. But the one thing I did is I pivoted everything back home. So like even at my house, uh, we have a mission, a vision statement, and we have core values that we live by. So I'm a massive traction guy. Uh, I think it's extremely important just for even a, for a mindset standpoint every day to kind of live within, uh, you know, the boundaries. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, uh, love traction. Um, hundred percent got it from that. Uh, I, you know, the numbers are important to, to realize we look at it at a very granular level and a deal by deal now. Um, and then measuring obviously KPIs through uh, 90 days. But uh, we were just actually targeting some of the some of the, the EOS that we were taking a look at this morning, um, and we pretty much tapped into everything that we we had planned for last year. So we pivoted, obviously, with COVID. Um, but uh, they, still, um, there was a there's a lot of opportunity, a lot of great relationships were created out of it. But yeah, traction, traction. Uh, it, that's uh, that definitely is the uh, the foundation of uh, of all of our businesses. Nice man, that's awesome. You know, and another thing that um. <clears throat> that you touched on that I think is huge, which, which I, I definitely want to talk about mindset. To me, I agree with you. It's, it's the biggest thing. It's really without that, then the other stuff really doesn't matter. But you, you mentioned something where you're in the Tampa market, you're in the Florida market, you're flipping properties. And I think there's a mindset. I always thought it was interesting. So from the, from the mentoring side, I, I was, I taught thousands of students over the years, but 
we'd have them investing all over the country because it was just what I knew is, is virtual investing. And people would come over and they'd talk to, to investors in California and then they'd be in Florida. And the Florida investors would be like, man, there's no deals here. And then they'd be like, California's the same way. And then all of a sudden, three months later, they talk and they say, I got my first deal. Well, where was it? It's in Florida. Why? I'm in Florida. I can't find it. Where's your deal? It's in California. I can't, you know, and it was just because it wasn't their backyard, but people start to put these blinders on that it doesn't work in my market. And your market specifically, I think is the greatest example of it because one of the, the first big um, places I went, there was like 350 dudes in Tampa, probably the one that you were at too. And one of the heads of the other masterminds I'm in has done up to 125 deals a month in Tampa. And then the other guy there was like, dude, we're doing like 50 to 70 a month in Tampa. And then half the room that was investing there is getting up and doing success stories. And they're like, yeah, we're knocking out like 10, 15 a month in Tampa. And so I'm like, man, that whole like, there's no deals is crazy. Like, and you're in a market that there's all these big names on Instagram with millions of followers, but you're still getting deals. So just that scarcity mindset, I think is one of the biggest blocks for people getting involved in real estate. And I find mm -hmm. myself guilty of it sometimes. Oh, Matthew and Tim Bratz are doing multifamily in South Carolina. There's probably no buildings left in South Carolina, but it's not true. So <laughs> talk a little bit about the fundamentals of that, of being in a competitive market, but still staying in a mindset that you can find deals. Yeah, honestly, dude, I, I won't even lie to you. Um, I, I think that it's important to know like your strength zone. Um, so I have great partners, uh, phenomenal partners, uh, and they pretty much handle the deal, like the deal flow <laughs> for us. And we're not, um, we're not like huge by any means. Like I'm not like we're not a massive wholesaler um, by any means. At like three to five deals um, in a given month, but it is a scarcity mindset. And then we'll take wholesales down at the same time. But then we're like, what we're doing is really repositioning um, for for a. Uh, for, for capital, for the capital stack, we want to be uh, cash heavy to ready to deploy. Um, we're looking at a couple different angles on the commercial side right now, um, as far as where we see levels of opportunity. Uh, one being in the hotel arena, um, we think hotels have been hit pretty hard, and we might we think we're we're doing our due diligence right now, but we think there might be a pretty strong angle to take some hotels and reposition those as multifamilies and larger metropolises. So. Um, we're just looking at like various pivots that we can do from a, from a commercial standpoint. Um, the, uh, but my, my partners, um, you know, that that's real, like the secret sauces and the relationships that I've cultivated, but it is a hundred percent. There's like the scarcity mindset and, and then being able to put like action in place. So get the education and then put that action in place. We are, uh, we were doing a lot of it, you know, the bang it out, cold calling, um, you know, the list source, skip tracing, like all the lists that you can do to, to create momentum and opportunity. Um, we do PPC now. Um, so that's pretty much our angle now um, of like the spend. Uh, we realize that obviously you got to like, you got to put some money up to, to do the PPC angle. Um, but like my, my partners, we, we, we do that pretty consistently on a, on a definitely a smaller scale. So we're not on, you know, a Chris Kelly or, a, or a Lee, Lee Carney's uh, angle where deploying a lot of, uh, you know, wholesaling opportunities or flips. But um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, we're, we're kind of, we're also in the commercial space too. So I have a couple different companies that we're working with that we try to co-align with um, and that we know that, you know, we need some capital stack to keep those moving, but then we also need the transactional piece to live the day to day. Um, so, uh, I mean, overall, I, I think maybe I forget the original concept of the question, but the fundamental is like, you know, I, I think staying in the strength zone is what I was going to say. 
we're really, really, really good at dispositions. Um, so we have front end acquisitions. My partner does like kind of the acquisition side. Um, so he builds that up where we, uh, the consistent deal flow. And then I take, we'll take on my team. will handle the dispositions as far as all the wholesaling, um, wholesaling, finding the end buyers and then facilitating those, um, doing, you know, so we got a team that we pretty much work with that will send people in for the pictures, uh, you know, get those all marketed up. So my marketing manager then takes it, puts all the marketing material together for it. Um, then if we, if we don't go sight unseen and we do some showings, um, I have my manager will facilitate that. Um, either through a real estate agent or we'll, uh, or she'll go out there and take care of it. So it's, uh, it's really identifying the straight zone. We're like really, really good at where our market is. Our market, where we've specifically targeted um, Orange County, which is uh, Orlando, the, pretty much the, the broader Orlando market, uh, Tampa, anything, anything north and south of Tampa, we pretty much take. So the I-4 corridor is what we think is our really our strength zone that we've stayed in. We are now tapping into 12 other counties, which we're going to consider markets. Um, you know, I know some people call markets like major metropolis and cities. Um, for PPC, we, we, we identify them by counties. Um, so we have, and that, that's our market. Um, so we have, we're, we have 12 different markets we're tapping into from a PPC standpoint, but we just stay in our strength zone, stay in our lane and operate that way. Um, but it is, it's like, fundamentally, it's just like getting the education, taking that action. Um, if you find your strength zone, we found our strength zone um, through kind of like some trial and error. And then I said, Hey, how about you take this? I take this and we're good. And so that's how we've, uh, we've pretty much grown and scaled from it. That's awesome. So you you touched again on businesses, and I think it's it's important what you said earlier because it, it's it's come up now almost in every one of your answers about surrounding yourself with with people that are going to help you level up and strengths and weaknesses, and really having yep. that balancing act. And I think initially, when starting out, people look for people that are like themselves, which as you know, you would start to learn is that that's really not what you need. You need a yin and an ang, a yang, a gas, gas and a break, really opposites to cover the different things with the personality types and the strengths and the weaknesses. But I'm a big believer in that too. And, you know, I, I find myself just constantly taking out the credit card to join things because every time I'm starting to feel frustrated or like I'm not getting something, I'm like, mm -hmm. I want to understand the, what this person is teaching the way that they're teaching it. I want to be able to spit it back out and explain it to a five-year-old. And even like yesterday, I was thinking about it and I had an opportunity to join another mastermind. And I was like, like, is it going to slow things down? Is it going to do anything but make the next 90 days go faster and better and safer? You know, why would I take the next 90 days and go work out all the bumps and bruises and lose money and lose time. Cause I know at the end of the day, once I wind up doing this and jumping in, which I'm going to do eventually anyway, I'm going to just say what everybody <laughs> says is, man, I wish I would have just done that six months ago. So I try and constantly tell myself that, but I can't argue with the fact of it's a double-edged sword that it gets intimidating to go into places where you know, you're going to be the new fish or the dumb person in the room. Like just like jujitsu, you know, you walk into a gym of killers, the hardest part is showing up and going in and the intimidation but that's how you get better. So there's days that I'm like, man, this is so annoying. I feel like a dope today, but I'm like, no, that, that's why I'm here to learn those things. And, and if it wasn't for the relationships of at the very least, going back to the mindset point, being in a room with people that are doing 30, 40, 50 deals a month. And this person's making, you know, a million dollars. Chris Kelly, I'm going to see Chris Kelly next week. The guy's crushing PPC, pay-per-click, like you've mentioned in, in your area. So I'm like, you know what? That's something I don't know that well. He knows it better than anybody right now. I'm going to go learn from him because I want to get better at that. 
and it has definitely helped me level up and I'll continue to do that. How important has masterminds and mentorships and, and just surrounding yourself with groups like that helped you scale up from where you were a few years ago to where you are today? Insane. I mean, it's, uh, I can't even like, it's, it's unbelievable game changer. Uh, again, I refer back to like, I'm a big John Maxwell guy, as far as leadership kind of, uh, um, placement and getting the, I'm a big brain guy too. I like Ed Milet, um, is one of my favorite guys as far as like podcasts and what I'm feeding my brain on a daily basis. Um, but how am I going to get my dopamine fix is what I call <laughs> it. Like, what is it? And it's a hundred percent through, um, through learning, through education, through mentorship programs, whether, you know, I got three different phases in my life, um, that I break and I pinpoint, you know, spiritual is the mindset element that I put first, first and foremost. Um, second piece is my health because without anything else, you know, health is wealth. Um, and then the third piece is the financial of what I look like. And I break everything up in those categories. Um, so that I, every morning I go through my affirmations, my, my, my gratefulness exercises. I touch my wife, you know, I pray over here real quick. Um, and I just, man, I was like, dude, I, this is it. You know, I was born for today, just for today. I was born for today because tomorrow doesn't matter. I got to do something today in order you know, my next step is my biggest step is what I say. So the, um, it's just, it's so important to like learn from those people in order to create compound. But I, I also learned this, right. Um, because I, I think there's an element to the, the kind of the social reaction is what I call it. Um, when I'm scrolling, a comparison game falls in, right? And I'm not comparing, you know, I'm not competing against anybody else but myself. Um, but the one thing that I can is, is always learn. And uh, learners are earners uh, is what, like, what I learned from a guy in one of my masterminds. Um, and uh, anytime you're learning from somebody, um, and you're competing against yourself, like tomorrow, I want to get a little bit better. Um, that's what's most important. So for me, it's like maintaining that level of like cognitive awareness that, hey, I'm competing against myself, but I always want to get better for tomorrow. So that, that's the main thing. And I think that's what the outlet of masterminds and uh, just like, like podcast and, and just constantly like, okay, this is what I want to learn. This is how I'm going to get better. And this is what I'm going to be part of. So um, it's been hands down. Like, I think I, I started getting into them two, about two years ago and like 10, 10 X, if not a hundred X, um, you know, from a mindset standpoint and from a financial standpoint, like you put 30 grand into something, you're probably going to get 300 grand out of it. You know what I mean? And that's what it is, man. Uh, education is uh, knowledge. Knowledge is power. It, it is crazy, you know, starting out, I remember when I wrote like my first check for my first seminar and like hearing that, like somebody would pay 20, 30, $40,000, like it's nuts. Yeah. And now it's such an easy thing to justify when you look at people that are pulling in 200 grand a month. And it's like, oh, like if I can't get 30 grand back on this 30 grand I put in for people that are literally making five times that a month, I, I don't belong here anyway, you know? So it, it just becomes easier and easier to justify. But I also like that what you touched on there with, um, you know, the, the different parts of your business are very interesting. I like the way that they, they're buckets that feed each other. And one of the things I, I've always, I've always claimed and quoted, I should get a bumper sticker made is that residential feeds the reality and commercial fee, fee, um, finances the dream. So like they're, they, they, you need something to keep the lights on and pay the bills and pay for the marketing. And then one of those is like a big show with, you know, base hit, base hit, home run, base hit, base hit, grand slam. But you mentioned, you know what, we're doing maybe three to five a month. Sometimes we're really not killing it. There's people that are listening to this podcast that are starting out in real estate that are doing two, three deals a year 
and they're like, man, if I could ever get to three to five a month, that's it. Mm. But then you get there, but because of the people you're surrounding yourself with, you're going, that, that's nothing. You know, I need to be doing 10, 20, 30, but I think it's right. important to have what you said specifically that you're always looking at what do you have to do today? What's your next step? And you're only competing with yourself, which I think is brilliant because it gets very hard to be on social media and watch everybody bragging about their big deals and their wins and not get yeah. discouraged and go, what's the point of me even starting with one or two deals? Matthew's in there doing three to five a month. Lee's in there doing 50, 60 a month. How do you deal with keeping yourself in the game of you don't have to worry about what everybody else is doing, worry about you and don't get discouraged and don't overly socially compare yourself to other people's wins and losses and, and, and stay motivated. Dude, I, I'll tell you, Drew, I, I ain't going to bullshit with you. All right. Dude, I get down sometimes. Just like, <laughs> man, I want to be there, dude. I want to be there. Why am I not? Uh, why, why am I? Dude, I'm not going to lie. Uh, we, I, I, a couple of years ago, you tell me doing $100,000 net um, I, a couple, mo couple months this year. I'm like, it blows my mind. And now I'm like, how do I get another $100,000 net month? You know what I mean? Like, how do you do that? Uh, and so it's like one of those things, like that's the constant achievement. Like, how do we, how do we like, how do you, that's the circle. These guys are doing it. How do I, you know, I do it. And then you get caught up in the rat race. Right. Like, and uh, the, I think there's a, there's a fine line between um, what's enough. Right. And everyone has to, like, everyone has to kind of come to the, their own terms. It's like, as far as what's enough, right. What's enough wealth, what's enough material, what's enough things. Cause to me, you know, this goes back to the mindset. Yeah. Do I want to create wealth and opportunity for myself? A hundred percent, right? There's a lot of it out there. You might as well be fed by it, but like, how am I going to be exponentially produced from that? Like, who am I impacting? Right. Our mission, our vision core statement is to empower others. It's not like to get, grab and, you know, hoard as much money as possible. Um, so like when I'm thinking of when I'm scrolling through, you know, Facebook, and then I have these thoughts, right. Um, there's a really guy, there's a cool guy out there that he actually calls himself a human optimization coach, right? Um, I'm a big, I'm not a big sports guy. I'm a big sports mental guy. I love golf. I love, uh, I love the mentality of golf. Like how, like you literally have to forget about your last shot to get to, like, you better forget about it because, you know, a hundred thousand dollars could be on this putt. You know what I mean? Um, or, you know, whatever it might be, it's, uh, you know, in basketball, the next shot, you know, and it's not like you, everything is so like, it's mentally related. Some of the best athletes in the world, you call them the athletes, but they might not be the best, like necessarily the best athlete. They have, they have it up here. Right. So it, how do I keep that focus? Um, this human, human optimization coach, right. Um, he, he trains some of the best athletes in the world. Uh, but he calls it the 1% pivot. The 1% pivot is like playing a choice on words sometimes, right? And when you're like, you're in a slump and you're looking at somebody else or, oh, they're doing so much, um, people call it a slump, right? He'll bring this guy in and he's like, he might be shooting, you know, he might be shooting 20% uh, from the, from the uh, three-point line. And it'd be like, oh man, like I'm just in a slump. He'd be like, slump? He's like, well, okay. Tell me about your slump. And then I'd be like, he'll go through. Yeah. I'm just not shooting well from the three point line. You know, it's, uh, it's just not working out. Well. I'm not, you're not seeing synergy of the team. And like you, your choice on words then is like, Oh, slump negativity. And so like, then it goes downhill. Right. Same thing happens when I'm scrolling. So social media, dang, man, I, 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 a couple, couple deals fell through dude, like, uh, two months ago or a month and a half ago, four deals fell through in a week. I'm like, what? 
<laughs> Come on, man. Um, so for, for like literally, we thought we we're gonna have a massive week, and it did like every one of them, like like dematerialize. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. But then he he brings this guy in. He's like, well, okay, cool. Let's just stop there. You know, you told me about your slump, but tell me about your shooting hippopotamus. Tell me about that. Like, tell me about the shooting hippopotamus. He's like, what? Like, what? What's a shooting hippopotamus? And uh, he's like, it's what you call the slump. Like, do you want to call it a slump or do you want to call it a hippopotamus? One thing or another, if I call it a hippopotamus, I'm probably going to laugh about it and be a whole lot more relaxed and then move on with life because there's a lot you know, more things to worry about. So I like that choice on words is that slight pivot in anything you do, right? Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be a choice of words calling it a slump, a hippopotamus, but like whatever you do, if you can just create that small little pivot that says, okay, dude, I got to get off. I got to I got to break apart and I got to meditate or I got to, I got to do something to get myself in the channels and then create that energy that it's going to emit that, that performance, that action. Um, and so that's, I mean, that's ultimately, you know, the fine line between what's enough to, because sometimes that 1% pivot is like, is like, literally, I'm just going to hang out with my kids for an hour and not even touch my phone. Right. Um, that's the 1% pivot just to get a back into a mental state. I go through, you know, every morning I get up and one of the main goals I have in life more than anything, like success in business, success in like man, my marriage, personal life, whatever is, uh, don't get me wrong. My, my marriage is actually most important. So, uh, <laughs> but the one, the one thing is I want to be bilingual. And so I, I wake up every morning and I, I study Spanish. So I go through my ritual, my exercise of of uh, like I, I'm hitting the gym to kind of create that performance, that energy in my body. But then I also like designate uh, 30, about 30 minutes a day um, to Spanish and understanding. So, and this started about a little over a year ago and I've, I've increased my vocabulary about, uh, um, I'm close to about 1500 words that I actually know, which is, is pretty good, like words, words. I'm familiar with about 7,000, but 1,500 words that I can actually articulate and sound pretty good. But uh, so 1,500 words, and they gave me a report today. I was in the top 1% of Duolingo. Duolingo is a pretty nice. big platform, and I'm in the top 1%. So it's like establishing the purpose, the reason, the why of I'm doing it, and then what's enough. You know, if, if the purpose and the why is um, to create, you know, uh, you know, for me, it's uh, to empower my family to become better versions of themselves every day. Right. So, and through, through acts of encouragement, um, through like, I, I try to encourage five people before 10 AM every morning. I just put that in place too. Um, but it's just like different levels and, 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 uh, kind of the way I think of like, what's enough, right. What's enough. You know, if, if God blesses me with like exponential wealth, awesome, but I want to be able to multiply that, um, for a greater cause anyway. So, um, it's a, you know, I hope there's a long winded like answer to that, but that's kind of like the way I think, right. Everything then surrounds it by like the, you know, the mindset element. Ever wanted to play the drums or do you want to get your kids some drum lessons to burn some of that energy while they are all locked up? Take advantage of a free drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected drummers, Dan LaMagna. Dan LaMagna has played in such bands as Crown of Thorns, Suicide City, Biohazard, The Real McKenzie's, Sworn Enemy, the Walls of Jericho. He has played all over the world and he is also endorsed by such companies as DW, Vader, and Sabian. Dan has taught tons of people from all different age groups and all different music styles. He can teach adults, kids, advanced, beginner, 
any types of styles from metal, all different types of percussion, whatever style you want. Get a free drum lesson today from Dan. All you need to do is text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to 833-632-0585. Again, text the word drummer, D-R-U-M-M-E-R, to the number 833-632-0585 for your free online drum lesson. No, I thought that was a great answer. I actually loved all the different parts of that that you hit. You know, and another thing to, to talk about is I use that example when people are they're coming in, they're excited about something, whether it's jujitsu or real estate or, or whatever it is that they're getting into. And that initial push, like you, you, you're talking about it, they're at a class, they're on a webinar, they're listening to a podcast, and they're fired up. And then they, they go, oh, I'm going to do this all day, every day. And then they're burnt out two weeks later looking for something else. And I tell everybody, look, it's, it's all about consistency, just little things every day. You don't have to go hard because if you go, you know, if, if you hit the floor and, and you got your, your pedal on the floor every day, all day, you're never going to make it. It's going to be exciting for a week or two. Then you're going to hate it. Then it's going to burn out. That's why like dieting, you don't go, oh, I'm not going to have food anymore and I'm going to look great. No, you're going to die. So just like what you said, I use that example of a language. You know, you don't go like take courses for 20 hours a day and then be fluent. You get fluent by doing just a little bit every day. And after six, nine, 12, 18, 24 months, you're familiar with 7,000 words. You got, you know, like whatever, whatever it was, you're the, you're the 1%. But I think it's interesting. I think that fact specifically just proves exactly what I said, because I guarantee the amount of people that sign up for the Duolingo course like you did and go and do it for two weeks and then quit and then go and do it for a month and then quit. But you've been doing it consistently every day and you're in the top 1%. And I feel like that translates into real estate, translates into fitness, translates into life. That there was, I think, one of the most important things you could have given in value in this podcast. If people are really listening, I think that that piece right there says it all because that's what makes all the difference for people being successful long-term. So true. So true. Those small acts, those small every day, but it's, it literally, I go back to also it's every day. Like it's a conscious decision every single day. Like tomorrow, I'm not worrying about like, you know, the, what it will come to. Like, I, I mean, I eventually will develop a language. We want to move somewhere and really kind of cultivate and get immersed in, in, in the uh, culture and the environment. But it's like, literally, I mean, every day, uh, every day, every act, every relationship that's encountered um, will, will I, I call it the uh, process of duplication. And I brought it up actually in my podcast today. We just had a quick kind of little outlet, but um, Tim Brott's actually very, very profound something uh, he put uh, actually on Facebook that was really, really good uh, intel. But year one is all about, is all about planting the seeds of any business, anything you do, is literally about just planting the seeds, right? You can expect year two, you're watering, right? You're watering those seeds. Year three, you're reaping the harvest. Um, and uh, and that's kind of the concept of why we created, you know, the name on my podcast, Reap the Harvest, is exactly that, is that like, you got to start by planting the seeds. And where are you going to plant the seeds at? Um, you know, and and then ultimately, where you, are, you, are you watering those seeds along the way? And then are you planning on reaping that harvest? And it's a long-term game, but not everyone's, you know, cut out for 36 months, right? Of, of just sometimes pure hell, right? It sucks. You're just going to be like, this is the freaking worst. And that's what, that's the separator is like the season of separation. Are you going to, I was listening to an Ed Milet podcast today. This is the season of separation right now. What decisions, small decisions am I going to make? 
that are going to determine what next year looks like. But that's got to start today. And I put a, I put if uh, you know if you follow me at official Matt Tech on Instagram, but like I'll I'll put like basically, I'll put some lifestyle stuff, but mainly I keep it kind of like in the the mind space related. But the one thing that um, uh, the one thing that I, like I just really really made note of in that podcast in the season of separation, it's literally the smallest things, right? Because we're the determiner, the determiner of the definition of our own success. Nobody else is going to determine our own level of success. We got to determine our definition of success. No matter how much you scroll online and you're like, I want that, you are the determiner. So like your daily actions. But literally, this is what I call the 1% pivot that's kind of cool, is that this is the season that we're creating. And, and literally success to you one day could be like, I'm only going to drink one glass of wine instead of four. I'm only going to eat half of that. I'm only going to eat half of that pie instead of the whole pie. You know what I mean? Or I'm going to eat like half of the slice of the pie. Dude, you, like, you're you're literally talking to me right now. This <laughs> so it's literally those like small actions of like, you know, sacrifice that you're like, dude, it, it, he said something, dude, this is like the dumbest thing, but like almost the most profound thing. Um, and I got to actually, I listened to a lot. I don't, I don't know if you listen to Jim quick too. Jim quicks, like phenomenal at mind training, but like learning at an accelerated pace. If you, if you don't, like, I would highly encourage everyone listening in to uh, check out Jim quick too. Um, but, uh, the one thing that Ed Milet says, and I'll combo this up with what, uh, Jim quick that I've I started implementing over the past two weeks, but, um, everything tastes the same past the first three bites anyway. Right. So like, if you're not going to eat like the whole pie, you know what it tastes like. <laughs> it's like you, uh, you can eat half of the pie and that dang, that was a good pie. I can leave the rest. Right. But, um, what, uh, what's cool is that I was learning about the brain and how the brain function, the brain works. Right. And a lot of people in me as well, I, I struggle like with a level of anxiety. Like I'm really anxious. Like I, I want constantly want the next thing. And, um, or, or I think I need to get stuff done all the time. Like, I, Oh, like I need to help out this part or I need to like my, my manager, I, how do I help her out here? Like in your mind's always turning. Right. And, uh, they've, what they've done from a, from a mental standpoint, gut health is directly related to brain health. So, there's different forms of chemicals that release in the brain, right? So you have like serotonin, which is the sleeping drug. You have a dopamine, which is like the kind of the euphoria drug that's built up. Um, but there, when you eat food, that's, there's, there's an automatic trigger of a dopamine release, like euphoria. Like if you're hungry, like in your eating, that's dopamine being released. But if you're doing something when you're eating, like looking at the phone or like if I was eating and like listen to podcast or, or whatever I'm doing, you're not ex present with your food, food and you're creating anxiety in your gut, which is then neurologically going to be like go directly to your brain, right? Everything is stemmed from that, um, from your central nervous system. So what's cool is that I've always been a really fast eater. Like I'm on to the next thing, right? I'm a, I'm a mover, like a mover and a shaker, I guess you could say, but I'm like eating really fast. And uh, I found over the past two weeks, I learned this from Jim Quick, right? From one of his podcasts is that you should chew as many times as possible before you eat. What that does, it creates less anxiety within the gut, creates better gut health. And then ultimately gives like a, like a, more of a, uh, um, 
a uh, like a, a state where you're less anxiety. You're basically you're less worked up if you're not doing anything but completely present with your food, right? Um, everyone needs food. You're talking about food, like you just can't like stop eating, right? You need that as central part of life. So when you're I'm eating, right? So the past two weeks, this is just one small action that I've taken um, to not like build up less anxiety, feel like I need to go, 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 go. Is I'm like a present with my food, right? And I'll chew at least at like five, 10 times. Like usually my food was like gone within seconds. Like I'm like eating and then done. Right. But like, I'm actually physically enjoying my food, getting that hit of dopamine and like being, it's almost like therapeutic, right? Like I'm actually treating it like, like almost a meditation zone when I'm eating. Um, and that level of energy has like profoundly impacted me. Like as I go on, like throughout my day. So it's been, um, it's, it's been really, really cool. Like some of the stuff that I've learned, obviously from other people kind of like, you know, coming full circle, but those are just some of the things that I've acted like those small steps um, and just small pieces of actions that I've been able to implement that I'm like, dude, I can get better. That's easy. Right. I just chew more. It's uh, and, and what that does to overall brain health, it has been unbelievable. I, I can second that for sure. I had some uh, digestive stuff that was going on. Cause I was like it's stressed out eating like crap running around not you know traveling all over you're eating at airports and stuff and i was doing yeah. it for too long and i'm getting old and stuff and, and i realized I, I heard rogan talking about it too but every time i felt like my stomach i was getting like pains in my stomach it was a hundred percent affecting my mood it was making me foggy and i was like i literally just read an email 20 times and i still can't retain what it's saying because something's yeah. going on like in my stuff and it's, it's weird you're you're 100 right and since in, i'd say it's been probably about 45 days now I've been on a detox that I, I've, I followed it pretty good. I don't pass out in the middle of the day. I don't need naps. I'm able to be way more productive. I'm sharper. Like you said, my, my anxiety is a lot less, but I love that you brought that out because uh, I, I suffer from that too, which is really weird for two guys that have podcasts that we have anxiety, but even like I'm, I'm over a hundred episodes now. And before everyone, I'm still like, Oh God, what, what if I can't figure out what, what to say? What if the, you know, I, I, and then you get on it, you're fine. It reminds me of a fight. Like you're walking up to the cage, like, I'm gonna get my ass kicked. What happens if, and then you go in there and you're like, oh yeah, no, this is just what I do every day. It's no big deal. Yeah. But, but that part of the thing, I, I think settling down that anxiety by being present is, is such a huge thing. And you're an interesting one to me too, because um, what I love about doing these is getting to sit down and talk to somebody for an hour straight that I normally wouldn't be able to have like an undivided, uninterrupted conversation. Yeah. And I try and like keep my phone and everything away. But for people that haven't met you in person, I've met you twice now at two, three days. So we spent basically at least six days together and you yeah. were really quiet. You actually barely talked. And then I don't think anybody would, I don't think anybody would believe that when they're like, man, this guy's got all these great things to say. But I always think that that's so interesting that some of the quiet people, when you get them talking, not that they ramble, but they have so many, so many gold nuggets and so much good advice and great content to get out there. And I, I just think you're, you're a great example of that because you're, you're, you know, you're very quiet, very introverted. Um, is that your normal personality? How do you, how do you get with that? How do you deal with that? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it's my normal person. I do, I do consider myself an extrovert. Um, but I don't know, like I do, I I'll tell you the truth. I'm like, I try to retain, I just like, I'm a learner. Right. So I don't, um, I do try to just retain as much information as possible. Um, I try to, you know, develop and cultivate relationships. So I am, uh, I, for sure, I think it like at, you know, while, while you're learning, you probably, you know, I, I just automatically feel again, it's one of those things. Like I felt like coming in a lot of those events, dude, like I have to be a little bit more quiet or meek in nature, just because like, 
I don't know. Like I'm learning. I just like, I, I just want to absorb. I'm a sponge. Um, so, and then obviously like, I think such as life, right. You, you become kind of more confident in your space when you're learning something kind of brand new. Um, so I was just, you know, a lot of times I was just like a sponge and I just wanted to, I wanted to learn. So that it's, that's kind of, uh, I don't know. That's probably, that's probably a little bit of it too. I just, uh, I was just, you know, gathering information, um, as much as possible and, and really kind of, uh, building in those experiences. Um, and then, uh, and then I, yeah, now, and now I just got nuggets though. And now we got a podcast and, uh, I definitely, one of the meetings I had, uh, yesterday with my media manager, uh, I'm like, dude, if you would ask me, this is kind of like building out to what you were saying. Like, if you would ask me a year ago, uh, if I would have been comfortable in front of like a podcast screen, um, shooting, you know, shooting podcasts, because we go live on our podcast, um, utilizing Streamyard, So it's, it's there, you know, unedited. We just, boom, we're here. Uh, and I, dude, you, like, you should see some of the ones early on. Um, I think we have about 50 episodes now or so, but uh, it was like, what? Oh man, this guy, is he ready for this? And then now I, I feel like I, I am, and I'm uh, like, I love, um, I love the screen. I just love interacting with people. And then, yeah, sitting down and really building and, um, you know, an hour of uninterrupted time is incredible just to kind of learn, learn about people. I love it. Nice, man. So um, let's talk about your podcast. And then I want to hear a little bit about what you're doing on multifamily. I've seen you uh, putting some stuff up on, on Facebook and on social media about raising funds and getting into some different projects. But talk a little bit about your podcast. How do people listen to it? What, what do you guys cover? When is it on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, it's mainly, you know, we cover real estate. Um, and then we also, I, it, but I, mainly it's a mindset thing. I mean, obviously, like everything that I've talked about, I feel like I've shifted right back to kind of the mindset mindset piece and really understanding the brain at a, at a much deeper level. Um, on Joe Rogan's podcast, he actually this guy, Andrew Huberman. Um, I don't know if you follow him, but uh, dude, like one of the most important things that I've done for myself is really understanding my brain, the organ of the brain. It's uh, Dr. Amen's out there and you understand things at a, like a crazy, insane level. Um, and when I can understand the brain, I can understand things that um, have a much deeper meaning. Um, so I'm a very, I feel like, uh, you know, the first probably 30 some odd years of my life, I was like, I felt like I probably wasn't all that intellectual. And now I'm just like, I just, I think of everything at like this, like very like granular intrinsic level. I don't overthink it by any means, but I definitely just want to understand how the brain works. So the chemical releases in the brain, I'm very present with, and I, I definitely understand those. But so diving into kind of the podcast, the Reap the Harvest podcast mainly focuses on, on a lot of those things, right? The day-to-day, -day, how to create action, how to you know, what do those plans look like? How do you have momentum moment? We call it momentum Monday. We shoot every Monday. Um, and then we'll build some in once a month, we'll build some in bringing people on. Um, uh, actually one of the guys that was on your podcast, Mark Evans, he's going to be hopping on the, in the coming months, he's going to be hopping on our podcast. Um, so we're excited to have him on, but like, it's mainly just, you know, obviously creating that momentum, that day-to-day -day exercise, as far as like, how, how am I going to make tomorrow my best day? Right. Um, like, John Maxwell, again, says, uh, you know, uh, uh, today's, uh, today's ceiling is tomorrow's floor. Um, so it's uh, how are you creating that, uh, that momentum into the following day that I'm going to make small daily decisions that are going to impact the following day. And so that's, uh, that's mainly what it, what predominantly it focuses on is that the mindset piece of, of creating that momentum. 
And then, and then, you know, real estate is, is the vehicle of how I make money. Right. It's not what I do. Uh, it's out of passion cause I do enjoy it, but, uh, the, you know, my mind, of uh, really, really, uh, staying true to the kind of the mindset that I have. And then what's the vehicle to create money and to the day to day pay the bills. You got to pay the bills, uh, is uh, real estate. So we tap into real estate and raising funds and creating relationships for real estate and, you know, what type of business ventures we're doing. Um, but it's, uh, so it'll focus on those two elements. It'll shift between them. Okay. Awesome. And obviously uh, in the show notes, I'll put links to your podcast so people can find you on all the social media links. We'll get it promoted out. Mark Evans is a stud. I I like his, his, he's got that Andy Millette, uh, Andy, Andy Frisilla and Millette type of, uh, just tough love. Sometimes when yeah. you're you're feeling down and you're making excuses, and then you listen to it and they're just like, "Shut up, bitch!" And you're like, "Ah, oh, he's right." You know, like <laughs> like there's a there's a really there's a time and a place for that. And Mark Evans does that really well and, and to, total uh, awesome. total stud. And I was actually with Tim Bratz yesterday or the day before yesterday out in uh in Columbus with Tiffany and Josh High, and he's another guy that's okay, yeah, huge huge to listen to and just watch his growth from the very first commercial empire that I went to to see where he is now. I mean, he's, I think he's gone up over 3,500 units in the last two or three years since I first met him. So it's cool being around and seeing those guys all come together and, and support each other. And, and again, just surrounding yourself and meeting people in the hallway and sharing a business card and then getting on a text and then getting on a podcast like you and I are, I think that that stuff's really cool. It's, uh, you know, it's, it sucks with everything that's going on that we can't do that as much, but doing those things and getting yourself out there and watching what those relationships turn into over two or three years and watching guys you met there grow into like what you are. I think it's yeah. just amazing, man. It's really cool. So um, lastly, just talk a little bit about your 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 commercial stuff. Where, what kind of, I know you said value add, you said you're into syndications, you're about to to sell one off that you stabilized. Um, so just go a little bit more into depth about your commercial model. Yeah, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, um, the uh, commercial model is uh, pretty much all value add. Um, the one thing I love about syndications in general, um, so we do, we do a little bit of both. So I've I've studied up on, you know, Tim has his own syndication model that he utilizes. Um, we do both, right? We'll do, his is more like the debt type syndication. Um, I, I think he calls it the brat syndication, which I love, dude. I love uh, Tim. He's a big, he's a big mindset guy too. Um, but like the, the brat syndication versus like more of a traditional syndication. So we'll do, um, we'll do a lot of traditional syndications and then we will, we, we were in a debt syndication right now too. And, uh, in one of our strip malls, um, but yeah, mainly I mean, just looking at value adds in the Southeast, uh, I, specifically hyper-focused. We just took down one in Greenville, South Carolina. Um, that one closed on June, in June. And then we have another closing on 167 unit in Augusta, Georgia um, on the 18th of this month. Um, and then on the same day, we're actually selling off a 54 unit in actually Michigan um, that we just stabilized. Um, so a lot of transactions happening. Uh, pretty big transactions. So it'll be about... 13, no, 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 $10 million, 10 million bucks in uh, uh, transactions. That'll be probably the, uh, the, the biggest day of transactions between a syndication or between an, an exit and an entry. But, uh, you know, to speak a little bit more about the uh, 167 unit in Augusta, that one, uh, yeah, it's a direct reposition. Um, there's, uh, there's definitely, it's a traditional syndication. Um, we're going in, uh, deploying about $1.4 million in CapEx into it. Um, it's a loan assumption. Uh, so we actually are assuming a loan. So it's a little bit bigger cap raise four million, about $4 million cap raise. Um, once we dump that, we're taking it down at about seven and a half cap, um, in about six market. And then, uh, we'll be able to push this thing with an operating, 
Um, so I know this doesn't, you know, really mean, I, sometimes I like, I'll put these things in there. I'll make toy with my own words, but it'll be about an operating cap of about an 11, 12. Um, and then, uh, it's a five year, five year hold, six year exit. Um, but, uh, we'll be able to put in equity, um, uh, close to about $5 million of equity in this piece. Um, so it's a, it's a really, it's a, it's a really pretty syndication. Um, we, uh, we, we already have the game plan, the BPs built out, um, you know, putting a secu security measures, putting a, you know, fence around the outside, uh, keypad entry, create more security as we reposition the resident base through, you know, renewal and non-renewal of leases. Um, we're going to reposition that over the next 18 to 24 months. Uh, they're, uh, um, it's, it's just a really good asset, right? We allocated about $6,000 per door, all new roofs, uh, new blacktop, uh, new entryways as far as canopies. So we're just going to go in there, put the value add that we need to, um, really reposition the community, um, and then, uh, lift it up. You know, I'm a big believer and I don't call any of my, uh, I, you know, people, some people go one way or the other. I call them residents, um, uh, because what we're trying to do is create a home. Um, one of our biggest expenses at the end of the day is going to be turnover. Um, so I don't want to call you a tenant because tenant means turnover. And uh, I want to call you a resident because I want to be creating a home so that you renew your lease and you call that home. Um, so I want to make sure that we're creating a very sticky, like a stickier resident base where we have them long-term um, where we have people, you know, not every year turning that over where we have, and because if we're not turning you over every year, uh, what does that mean? That means I'm decreasing my expenses and increasing income which ultimately increased my NOI. And, and uh, you know, if we can, if we can get that, we'll do pretty well. So um, that's what we plan on doing. That's a game plan um, on, as far as the, the overall business plan on that one. Um, and we, uh, we're already in the mix on, our, on uh, a repositioning act on another 80 unit. Um, it is a pretty much the same thing. It's a, it's a, it was a decent heavy value add. We came in, it was already pre-stabilized, um, but uh, there were seven units that we were able to bring back online. Once those would get back online, it'll probably increase the value of the asset nearly a million dollars as soon as we rent those out. Um, we're actually getting year three projections. So in our performa, um, we actually, you know, we, we always, uh, my, my partner is probably, he's, Dollar for dollar, this dude is probably the best underwriter, hands down. I would say, he would go he would go toe to toe with anybody. He's uh, he's that good of underwriter. Um, he is like phenomenal. Uh, and uh, we're gonna have a webinar with him, so I'll send you the link for the webinar uh, that we're gonna bring Eric on. But he uh, he really knows how to build in um, pretty much from an underwriting standpoint everything that we need um, to overall increase the NOI. Um, so like whether it's, you know, the incorporation of a rubs, um, or it's, you know, any type of like NOI increaser, uh, from income standpoint, um, we can find it. Uh, and he's unbelievable at his due diligence on the, on the soft due diligence side. Um, so he, seven units brought those back up online and Pickens, those are going to be, and those year three projections in our times of COVID we're, we're, we're extremely conservative where, where our, um, our bad debt and our vacancies are going to be. Um, so we underwrite those at a much heavier buffer right now. Um, so our new deal coming into, because at the end of the day, I could talk about this stuff all day. I love this stuff, <laughs> but uh, we do, we do the baseline approach. You know, we're not going to start at the three point line um, and try to work our way up. We're going to start from the baseline to under under promise over deliver type tactic for any of our, uh, um, for our limited partners. So 
we, we start at that baseline. Um, and so we're creating in about a 25% bad debt and vacancy year one for COVID. Our collections have been way north of that, um, but we create those buffers. So right now we literally are coming in year one, turning those units and we're getting year three projections. So that is like, it's, it, it's music, you know, right? When somebody said, wait, you're like the three, the performa, you're getting year three rents. So we're able to like aggressively push our rental even a little bit more. The reason why we're seeing that in the marketplace is a lot of people are shifting down to the Southeast from the New Yorks, from the Chicago's, from the San Francisco. So there's, there's a migration pull right now because people have been given the ability to work remotely. Um, so you're seeing a little bit of push. And what we're seeing is people aren't blocking the class A's. They're like, hey, how about I decrease the amenitization and then live a little bit more economically? Um, so we're getting a lot of demand for that. Uh, and uh, dude, it's like, it's fun to be in syndications right now. We're putting, uh, we're putting a pedal to the metal. Um, I plan to grow, um, hopefully by, you know, uh, you know, the goal is to grow about 500 more doors next year. So uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's the plan um, is to get in probably two to three more syndications. And then I'll try to grow on the LP side too. So we'll, we'll, we'll be throwing money into LP. So if anyone has some deals, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll grow in that. Uh, like I said, we're opening up a fund next year. Um, so we're, we're going to be, we're in the stages right now, open up a, um, uh, a reg D open-ended fund. So um, that's, that's going to be exciting stuff too. So I, I know I, I probably talked your ear off about this, but yeah, that's pretty much what we're doing on Cadence Capital Ventures. No, I love it, man. That was great content. That was awesome. Um, congratulations on everything you're doing, man. You're killing it. And you can obviously see that you're excited about it, which I love. I, I love talking to people that are passionate about stuff. And you're obviously passionate about this. Um, I, I know you got stuff to do, so I won't take up your whole day. But two more questions for you before I let you go. Absolutely. First one, if you had a time machine and a younger Matt Tack was able to come and ask you for advice, knowing what uh -huh. you know now about life and business, what advice would you give a younger you today? Dude, I would, I would tell myself, uh, to find, uh, I wouldn't, I'd find the dude. It's not always, uh, the dude with the gray hairs. Um, but I would find somebody and, uh, not even be like, I, our core values be bold, be humble. Right. And, uh, it's be bold, man. Don't be bold. Ask, ask somebody for help, you know? Um, because when you start asking questions, you're going to get better answers. Um, and, uh, so it's just like, don't be afraid to ask a question and learn from other people. And honestly, dude, I've learned from people way younger than me. So it's not always the dude with gray hairs that has some secrets. Um, but, uh, just be bold and ask questions is, uh, is really mainly just to, learners are earners. I love that, man. And, uh, lastly, obviously, uh, plug away, man. How do people find you? What do you got going on? How can our audience help you give everything, uh, Matthew Tack ways they can find you ways they can work with you. Absolutely, man. If you want to follow me, I'm at official Matt Tack. We're dropping dimes on there. So I, I like it. I, it's a little bit of lifestyle because I want to see that I am a real person. Um, I hope I'm extremely transparent. Obviously, I deal with a lot of the same things, you know, even though I'm extremely passionate about a podcast and what I'm doing, dude, uh, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. I've gotten punched in the face a few times this year. So um, there's, uh, there's no doubt about that. And those, those ebbs and flows will come. But at official Matt Tack is my Instagram. That's the best way to find me. We do have a page. Um, so Matt Tack uh, would be just my page if you want to like that or follow that. We flow all of our podcasting through that. Um, and, and then we actually have short clips and various things on the Instagram as well um, that we'll build out. Um, but, you know, those are the main things. My uh, I have two websites. So uh, 
Cadence Capital Ventures is my syndication site. So, you know, any if you want to, uh, I'm an open book uh, to my, any type of investors that want to come in. So if you want to drop me an email um, and then, you know, honestly, this is crazy, but uh, I'll, uh, I'll give a, a cell phone number. I'll give a, uh, I'll give my email. Um, my, uh, my email is cadence. Uh, that's the word cadence, C-R-E at gmail.com. Um, and then if anyone has any questions, like I said, I'm an open book, uh, 813-365-9662. Um, you can hit me up. Uh, emails I do get to. I get a lot of them. Um, but if you want to shoot me a text and set up a time, I'm more happy to do that. Um, I'll probably hit you up with a Calendly link and we can set something up. But um, yeah, man, that's me. Matt nice. Tack. Matt Tack, follow me. Well, I love it. Obviously, I'll post all that stuff on the show notes and um, definitely go check that. out your podcast, check out your website. This has been awesome, dude. Uh, I apologize. I, I suck sometimes at scheduling with Facebook messages and stuff, but we got on, we got it done, and we got it set up, man. And, and this was great. I really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Any final thoughts before I let you go? Uh, no, man. I want every, every dude take action today. Don't wait until January, today. I love it, man. Matthew Tack, you absolutely bring your A game. Thank you for being on the podcast today, and I hope you have a great weekend. I appreciate it. You too, brother. <laughs>